The researcher hums as she tinkers with the body on her table. She hadn't had much time with the last metal android corpse that had come her way, and she wasn't going to pass up an opportunity to work with this one. Sleep, as someone dear to her often said, can wait. She squints her eyes, then flicks an eyepiece down from her horns and leans in. This is... hmm. Without looking, she reaches a hand into the body. What if I... With a faint woof of air, a pale blue light erupts from the creature's chest, passing over the researcher as she winces. Opening her eyes, she sees herself encased in a flickering blue field of light. Fascinating! She lifts her hand and the field vanishes. She checks the battery next to her on the table. Empty. Hmm. She hears footsteps and looks up as the door to her laboratory is pulled open. Four druids, wrapped in green robes, enter the room and huddle in a group by the door. Doctor? An elderly dwarf steps forward, clean-shaven, face-lined. A requisition has been placed further down. The researcher sighs, flicking her eyepiece back up in annoyance. Already? Another druid, with an anxious look on her face, steps forward, reading a scroll. As evidenced by the events earlier tonight, this technology is extremely dangerous. By order of Quetzal, that is enough, Briarstone, says the lead druid, still facing the researcher. I'm sorry, but that is all you need to know. Fine, fine, fine. Take it. She waves towards the body, and the druid step forward. Suddenly, the lights in the room flicker, and the door to the laboratory slams shut. As the lab begins to shake, the metal body on the table writhes and rattles. It's alive! The researcher shrieks. As the druids glance around, the researcher trips over her foot and stumbles forward towards the body on the table. Die! Swiftly, the utterly druid leaps into action, rushing to pull the researcher away from the writhing metal body, both of them tumbling to the ground as the remaining druids raise their hands. Suddenly, roots rip through the floor and rise to bind the android's form, twisting the metal, cocooning it tight. Slowly, the shaking stops and the lights settle in the room. Is everyone well? The lead druid says, pushing himself up. He turns back to the researcher, still laying on the ground, and extends a hand, but she shakes her head, stunned. I hope this serves as a lesson. This technology is dangerous, unstable, and must be held secure. He gives a nod, directing the other druids as the roots around the robot animate, shifting and rising, carrying the twisted metal out of the room. The druids leave. The door is closed, and the woman stays on the ground. A minute passes. Two. Then, slowly, she looks down at her hand. Uncurling her fingers, we see a small piece of metal clipped to a fragment of blue glass dripping with oil. As she rubs the crystal with her thumb, it catches the light, and the researcher allows herself a small, secret smile. Where will they find themselves? In the shade of the sun.
Welcome back, everybody. We have made it to the future. Howdy. Hey. Uh, well, I was saying the future as in 2021. We have made it. It's a new year, new start, new me. Um, as my New Year's resolution, I would like to continue in shade. Is that okay, you guys? My New Year's resolution, though, was... Uh God, this is kind of awkward. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, that sounds fantastic to me. Was your resolution not to continue in the shade of the sun? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, of course not. No, I'm very excited to continue with this storyline. See where these boys end up. Eric deliberates. It's my time to jump in. Um, Well, my New Year's resolution is to out DPS... Wind's low, so we'll see how long it takes. Probably all year. Hey, you've got me beat on HP. By one, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the twin that was born half a second earlier and just hangs it over the other twin's head for the rest of their life. <laughs> I'm older. Yeah. Well, welcome That's back, fair. everybody. Uh, we are going to return to Summit City. This episode is an interim episode. We are going to walk the lads forward from where they left off having just assaulted the Cooper house, while it assaulted them, having discovered the mystery of that manor and uh, opening up the world in a few different interesting directions while in the process uh, causing some wreckage, causing causing some some good, good damage to the city. So without... It doesn't come out of our paycheck. We'll see. Uh, Without further ado, we should, uh, I guess, hop right in... We are going to, um, I should just say, uh, the first half is this uh, walking through the time between the hunts. After our break, we're going to do more of the technical stuff, uh, leveling them up to level nine, which I think will be kind of fun. Yeehaw! Uh, so that second half is going to be a bit more on the technical side. If you're not interested in like the nitty gritty of D&D rules and level up process feel free not to listen you don't have you don't have to listen to anything but you, you don't have to listen to that part if it doesn't interest you uh, we will see you in two weeks for a continuation of the story yeah and if you don't listen you're a nerd so there it is boom it's a paradox so they're a nerd either way exactly if they listen because they like the numbers and the nitty-gritty in the D&D no I'm pretty sure only jocks listen to our show and you're only a nerd if you don't listen to the, you know, technical API and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how it works. Yeah. Right. It's I, just science. Yeah. I mean, a show by three jocks is is marketed towards jocks. Mm-hmm. That's why we put up all the flyers at the local uh, rec center. Local sports ball place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, then, without further ado, we have four scenes to bring us through to the next hunt going to leave it up to you two same as last time we'll roll d4s and see what order we end up in so how do you guys want to do this eric you want to rock paper scissors it see who goes first i'll go first it's fine okay <laughs> <laughs> i see you rolled scissors because you cut me deep Ooh, a four a four how do you how do you do it man you just got away with the dice. Because we're going to start, like last time, with Kane's scene. So, 
Eric, we were talking and you were telling me that Kane has been working on himself a bit, especially where he is now in the new year. Winter has finally passed um, or is on the edge of passing. The snow is starting to melt outside into patches. You can see the the brown slush of snow lining the street out your window uh, beginning to reduce in size as the sidewalks have a uh, salty, watery sheen from the treatment that it got over this winter season. Um, you mentioned a few things that Kane was interested in working on for himself. Uh, you mentioned new gym, new art centers, group therapy. Um, which 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 one do you want to explore today? I, I wanted to sort of dive into how Kane is feeling and how he meets these resolutions. Yeah, I think the the easiest one to hop into is just going to be going into the new art district scene. The situation with Ape Sinister kind of left Kane feeling out of touch with uh, popular pop culture or just popular appreciation of the aesthetics. The job of hunting has kind of taken over most of his personality. So in an effort to make himself a more well-rounded person, I've been going to a few different art centers and getting to appreciate different perspectives of, of viewing the world in this futuristic landscape. So one of the things that I would have done is gone back to the library where we had our first hunt where we started recording and look at the history of the city, look at some art that spawns from that and just visiting random hot spots pretty much at random. It's not like a coordinated today I will visit the postmodern double back society of cultural appreciation and more of a this looks like it has an art icon on my GPS, and I will go there. Okay. He has found that there's oftentimes free wine at these things. So that doesn't motivate him entirely, but it is a nice added <laughs> bonus. Is there? <laughs> hold on. Is there free wine, or is Kane accidentally going into private events? No one's kicked him out yet. Whether that's because <laughs> they're terrified to kick him out or not, uh, I'll leave that up to the viewer's understanding of this world. Hey, that's, uh, that's one of the best parts of, uh, you know, gallery week in Chelsea and Manhattan. It's like all the, it's just free wine everywhere. Okay. So, uh, you've given some options for this. What kind of scene are you looking for? I'll just, if you want to go to the library and I can do a lore dump, we can do that. If you want to go to a rave, we can do a rave. Let's do both. Let's do a library lore dump and then let's do a, random art district do, gallery that happens dude, to be open. You know what we got to do? We got to do a montage, man. Exactly. Montage. montage. It's just it's just Kane drinking red wine and looking at art pieces and just random guys and girls nodding their head alongside him and they just look oh. at each other and then they nod at the same time and they look back at the art piece and they nod again and then they walk away. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Can, can, at one of these art gallery things, can he meet me? Not Winslow, but me. And then I oh. can explain to him how to look at art. Of course, yes. of course. You're, you're actually, let's, this let's is. Meet fat, let's meet Fam Meldman. Yeah. yeah Fax th Meldman. This Fax is, uh, Meldman. This is that very art show that 
uh, Kane was just at. Um, this is one of those events where you went to the uh, sort of a, a local smaller gallery that's that's on your map. Uh, it's just loaned by a it's it's just owned by a guy, and he uses the first floor for like uh, like a gallery sort of setup, and the second floor is private work. Um, you didn't exactly get that second part, and you just wandered right upstairs. And you saw a table set up with bottles of wine. Um, the walls are, are painted white. There's nice lighting. The floor is wooden. It looks like this is repurposed from an older apartment building. Um, but you see just some younger urban professionals hanging out up here. They got turtlenecks on, all of them. And they're uh, sipping their wine like in the crook of their hand. You know how it's held like, hmm. Uh, you, you walk up to one of the paintings and it just it's just it's just the color yellow i stare at this art piece for a moment and if anyone approaches me i would like to have a few comments on it but otherwise i'll think to myself very much the same thing yeah actually you hear a a, a slight sound behind you <clears throat> and you turn and see a uh man in his mid 20s with uh sort of Dirty blonde hair. How handsome back, is he? Pulled back in a ponytail. Ten out of ten. Oh ten man, ten. I'm, he's. I'm starting to question a few things. I'm Shut very. Inter- I'm drawn to this person more than I am to the artwork. <laughs> Seven seconds, right? Seven seconds. That's slightly longer than a turn of combat. <laughs> I don't know about that, though. I'm sure you'll have some people trying to gauge in some sort of tête-à-tête around here, but um. Seven seconds. That's uh, you hit it. You know, that's the average, right? Uh, y- yeah, yeah. The what seven seconds exactly? You know, there's so many instances of seven seconds, but like, what specific instance of seven seconds are you referring to? Oh, okay. Um, so you're you're kind of new around here, right? Like, I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, but like, he like looks side to side a little bit. I mean. I like that you're holding the wine normally, not like you're trying to show me you're holding wine. I do appreciate that. Um, like you're holding it to drink it, right? Like that's the point of the fucking wine, right? Yeah, yeah. I notice a lot of people swirl it, but don't really drink it. Am I, am I not supposed to drink it? Well, I mean, there's drinking it and then there's being seen drinking it. Two different things. But, um, and he just like knocks back his glass of wine and like there's just a passing server and he just like drops the glass on as they walk by. It's like seven seconds. That's uh, that is the average that a, a person ever looks at a piece of art, whether it's something that your kid drew and you stuck up on the fridge, or whether it's been in the museum for two centuries. Seven seconds. Well, that's kind of that's kind of a shame, isn't it? What do you attribute that to? I mean, that's not enough time to really internalize anything that you're watching. Unfortunately, yeah, but uh. You know, it's uh, it can be hard because like there's like a whole language about looking at it, a whole language about talking about it. And then there's the language of the language about it. And that's its own thing. So what are you looking for? Are you looking to like really appreciate it or are you looking to like get in with the crowd? I look at how I'm dressed and look at the people around. Well, I, I, I think how is Kane dressed? Kane is not dressed in their usual medium to heavy armor. It's going to be more of a light the padded armor uh definitely more of what he would consider casual wear but still if someone tries to stab me it's not going to hit an organ 
So I am not a cop. Exactly. It's <laughs> it's definitely the not a cop get up. Uh, okay. Zach from Final Fantasy is the current like, a black shirt that seems slightly padded, but only if I hold myself in a certain way. Okay. That's cool. It's like, all right. I got you. Um, so why don't I talk to you a little bit about it, right? Does that sound okay? Yeah. So I I noticed that it's it's all yellow. Yes, it is. Um, but there's there's more to it than it just being yellow. If you look closely, there's layer upon layer upon layer. Like you can see up here in this corner, you can see there's a little bit of a difference in yellow. There's just that slight shift, right? Yeah. So it's not like they just took a tube of paint that they bought at the store and dumped it out over this and just called it yellow, right? You know, whoever did this really took the time, right? You gotta, you have to look at it like it was built, like it was created. You can't just look at it necessarily face value. You gotta look a little deeper, you know? You can see every shade, every tone that's put underneath it slowly glows forward and that changes and uh, modifies the color that you see on top. Because, I mean, of course, color isn't real anyway, so this is like a whole, like, interpretation on that as well. I think I'm going to be mind blown at that assertion because I don't think I've ever heard it. Um, yeah, man, what, do you, I, I think, what do you mean I, color isn't real? Like, obviously, I see it, it's yellow. Like, it's there. Yeah, that's what your brain sees. What's What's the difference? Like, I am my brain, right? Well, your brain is just a thing of perception, right? All it does is perceive. And it has to find some way to categorize differences in the world and be able to tell things apart, right? I mean... I kind of get it. Like, if you see something you don't have a basis for understanding, it's going to be confused. But I don't think color is that high operative, is it? It works exactly the same way. Exactly the same way. It's all just electromagnetic radiation. That's all it is. Just a bunch of different wavelengths. That's it. Well, I mean, I'll I'll do you in a little secret. Um, Last time I was in the street, I saw a house that turned alive. Right? Like, that's wild, huh? That is wild. Yeah. Uh, different kind of thing, though. So, like, basically, what I'm, what I'm, what I'll get at, I don't want to keep you too long here, but like, the way that color is, it is only in relation to other things. Color itself does not exist, it exists in opposition. So, like, an evil house as opposed to a good house that doesn't move around and try to kill you? Yeah. I think I'm following your metaphor. Um, how many of those have you had? Like, <laughs> it's not the one. Um, I just got here, honestly. I, I mean, I'm not being metaphorical. It's that's that's part of my day job, just taking care of things that a lot of people don't see. Well, that's pretty commendable. I would love to ask you more about that sometime. But um, if you ever any have any more questions about any of the work please feel free to talk to me don't talk to him. he like kind of points over his shoulder but like don't worry about them do you want to know how to talk about art around them because you can have some fun with this uh yeah like kind of like messing with them yes exactly he's like Cause there's a difference there's looking at work like this right where we sit down we talk about it we look at what it was crafted what it's related to where it can come from this meditation on the color yellow but they're sitting there swirling their line. They want to be seen seeing the art, right? So here's what you do. If there is anything in it that you can recognize, right? If there's a person anywhere in that, what you're going to do is you're going to make some vague comment about it being a criticism of the proletariat, okay? That's your move. Now, 
if we've got something like this, no people in it, right? There's really nothing for you to like make some sort of like vague daft comment about, right? Mm-hmm. So what you're going to do, and this is important, you're going to sit there, you're going to cross your arms, you're going to put your weight on one hip, shift it to the other, hand up to the chin, and then I want you to laugh to yourself briefly and go, <laughs> I get it. And then you turn and walk away. You know, that's actually kind of what I've done. Like, I, I if I'm ever in a piece, I kind of just like nod at them and then nod at the artwork and walk away. Is that pretty much functionally the same thing? Oh, yeah. But if they're being like extra pompous, just proclaim quietly to yourself as if you don't even notice they're there that you get it and walk away. And then just like watch their faces out of the corner of your eye. Amazing. Every time. So the first person who walks away is usually asserting more of a dominance in that situation. Just pass that seven seconds. And then you wait till somebody else walks up. Say it. Way you go. I've been looking like an asshole this entire time. Just standing in front of an art piece for like minutes at a time. Well, <laughs> see, that's good. I appreciate that. I'm glad you do that. I think that's wonderful that you're sitting there truly trying to understand it. But I don't That is a get noble it, cause. Though, like, is that a problem? Well, what is there to say about it? It's a painting. It's a, if it were meant to be words, it would have been a writing. Hmm. So is the talk about the interpretation the point of the thing? And then it's ironic that it's so frequently not conversed? It is a truly dichotomous experience that is very hard to wrap your head around. But just know you are coming at it from the right angle. And then he'll give you kind of like a pat on the shoulder. He's like, I'm sorry, but I should probably go entertain the masses. Okay. I raise my wine glass up and I nod my head. I get it. And then I walk away. <laughs> Amazing. Before we return to the montage, I think Max... I think this conversation inadvertently got to the heart of what this entire campaign is going to be, but I don't think you guys are going to realize it for like two years. So <laughs> hold on to this thought, okay? <laughs> An appreciation of art? Ready and montage. Kane is at the gym. He's pushing iron. What? Kane, make a strength check. Athletics. Because this is Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> a 15. 15, yeah, you're pumping good iron. Montage, smash cut, you're at a rave. There's like pounding music all around you. The lights are, are purple and red. You're back at the Saffron Court, why not? Does, does he look like uh, number one from the Umbrella Academy at the rave? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. I uh, I did bring out my Sunday's best for this rave instead of my usual safe gear. I feel very exposed and like a glass shard could easily nick an artery if I'm not careful. You're but just standing have... there in the middle of the rave. You're, you're hardly even moving. Exactly. I am uh, just swaying with the beat and hoping that one of the heavier songs comes on so I can start a mosh pit. <laughs> Uh, as as you hear that, the uh, the uh, performer up there says, it's Ape Sinister, why not? All right, everybody, now we're going to take it slow. And all the lights turn pink and it plays a love song. Smash cut. <laughs> You're at the library. You're sitting in that back room. It's the Summit City Public Library. Um, you're on the 
first floor? Yep. Sitting at one of the computers? I'll take a quick moment to look at the area where the man who ended up betraying me from the very first episode was sitting and give a soft prayer at him, towards him. Okay, you go up to the first place that you met Charlemagne and rule for investigation or religion? A 22. For which one? Uh, either or. or religion. I'll, it depends on what you want to be doing. I'll just do investigation. Okay. You look around, you, you click a few times, you bend down and like look underneath and you see just so much gum stuck underneath this table, man. So much gum. People have carved in. Uh, like Summit City Prep and, uh, you know, R, R plus L equals J and a bunch of other like just scribbles in there. So does that mean they got married and had a kid? <laughs> Who knows, man? That's up for Kane to decide. <laughs> and I'll just walk away from the scene knowing that I paid my respects. Okay. Are you leaving the library? No, I'll go to the lore dump area in the back. I was going to say, I thought you were going to do some research. Okay. Uh, you uh, walk Crossed? out to the main lobby and you walk up the staircase to the second floor balcony. The uh, same demonstration that was there uh, a few months ago is still going on with the uh, event about the parasol. You see the model parasol hanging over the lobby, this uh, large like 30-foot construction of gold leaf filaments and thick metal beams around a central core, this uh, kind of cylindrical look to it as it's hung up by wires to the ceiling. And you pass underneath the banner and you move into the second floor display room. And here you see various glass cases that you you ran past before when you were last in the library. Um, but now you, you take a moment, you notice that the carpet has been replaced, um, perhaps to hide or, or deal with the blood that was dripped during your excursion here at the library. Um, but you wander around and you see various display cases uh, arrayed in a row, almost like a history of Summit City kind of approach. And the first display case has an uh, elven, uh, elven couple in like furs, like almost like cavemen kind of thing. And it's, uh, it, it says underneath, the first settlers. And then the next one is uh, you know, them in leather cloth and huddled around a wheel. And one of them has a, a wand sticking up into the air that shoots out sparks. And it says, uh, early discoveries. And the third is uh, sort of your more like classical fantasy. You got some robes um, on these figures. You got one in like nice plate armor. Um, and it says, uh, the world progresses. And then the next one is another mock of the parasol. Uh, it's just, just the parasol, no people in this one, uh, shown up there. And you can see different, uh, uh, designs and scripts and scribbles, uh, explaining the parasol's, you know, weight and its dimensions and its, uh, its size. You look and it's actually a lot bigger than you thought it was like these models are, are tiny compared to the actual thing it's hundreds of feet across um and it's you know a few miles in the air so it's it must be pr 
pretty big if you're able to see it all the way down here. Um, and then the next few display cases are, are about the city itself. Uh, you know, you see some fashion development over the last hundred years since the city proper was founded. Uh, pretty pretty rapid turn. Think of it like going from like 1800s to 21st century kind of deal in terms of like the evolution of style and uh, and whatnot. It's pretty closely tracked to that. Um, but as you do a bit more research and you browse, you learn a few things. A lot of it you probably knew. Uh, this is uh, just more of a refresher for you, a reminder of, of how things went. Um, but here is the story of Summit City. There was once a normal fantasy land, a land of humans, dwarves, elves, and orcs. Uh, and on this continent ruled the dynasty of Ruel. Uh, the first king of which was the great Ronald Ruel. Um, but one day, uh, above a little northeastern town nestled between mountains and the sea, a satellite appeared, and with it, the world changed. Energy, unending and relentless, became widely available beneath the satellite. Resonance with wire and metal leading to a technological boom as wizards and merchants flocked to make its use. In the following years, a new dynasty came to power. The current dynasty, the dynasty of Villeneuve, made of relations to the original. They released previously hidden information from the government that involved the creation and insertion of the parasol as a combination of magic and technology. And the new dynasty pushed initiatives to make use of the presence of the parasol over the burgeoning city. Land was claimed, buildings constructed from the sea to the mountains, sprawling north and south as residents moved in from all corners, and Summit City was born. Kane will just think to himself, oh, that's, uh, that's interesting. It's hard to believe that there's parts of the world that still aren't as advanced as we are. I mean, if the satellite helped us get to where we are there's got to be other places that don't and i'll spend kind of the rest of the time in the library looking at books or texts that might indicate any other civilizations outside of this one sure uh yeah there are quite a few uh the continent itself uh still exists you know they don't have the same access to technology as you have here but magic is rife it's a world of castles and kingdoms working together and and there are other continents off across the sea that you are vaguely aware of um but uh the communication between these continents is uh well regular um a, a bit inconvenient and so there's there's not too much uh, interchange mostly summit city is unique in this world uh the technology of the city cannot be found anywhere else so, uh, to represent this time of knowledge and self-discovery, Kane, let's have you make, let's say, a wisdom check. Saving thrower check. Just check. A two? A two. Okay. Um, Kane, you feel a bit more knowledgeable, a bit more aware, um, but mostly this kind of is just washed over you. You've committed to it. You made the decision and you stuck to it, but it almost feels like going through a checklist. Like you don't know how much of this has actually changed you. So in all in all, uh, a basic New Year's resolution. 
I feel proud of myself, and that's all that matters. <laughs> you, I'm proud of you. You get a text from Galileo that says, I agree. You did good. Play you at chess tonight? I text back. Of course. I'll take white. That means you go first? Always. Huh, I guess you can use a handicap, huh? Uh, you just see the, the dot, dot, dot of a message being written, and then it goes away. <laughs> oh, he left you on red. And I continue about my day. You leave the library, call up your motorcycle, and head out into the city. All right. That was not exactly what I expected. <laughs> what did you but, expect? But it's good for Kane to be working on himself. Um, what scene will be next? Should I roll? It's up to you guys. Sure. That's a two. <laughs> and that's Winslow's. Really? <laughs> yeah, the it odds. Is. It is. All right, Winslow, it has been a few weeks since your encounter with the Cooper house and your near skin of your skin of your back escape with Winslow outside of the Saffron Court. Um, you're now in the, the dead of winter. It's cold outside. It's chill. There's snow on the ground. Snow plows in the city move around to... Uh, push it out of the way so you're able to motorcycle around. Um, But more or less, the season is yours to embrace. You had mentioned to me wanting to continue exploring the static. Yes. And uh, I could see then maybe trying to get a little bit of uh, input. Maybe he finally feels comfortable a little bit sharing a little more with Valerie after their conversation that they had. So he might even tell her a little bit about what's going on after if, if things get extra weird okay okay so which which did you want to do first uh i think explore a little bit more first sure um, because if the thing happens that i think will happen then i think that'll be a perfect opportunity winslow growing a second head the, it, that's yep that's the one and becoming wins wins two three rests uh, no 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 it's 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 not one of those that, it's not one of the heads you can see okay it's it's a tiny head on his butt because his head's up his ass sometimes that's what i was saying what were you saying we got a real good old rowdy energy going on tonight what what were you saying i'm saying winslow where do you want to practice this are you are you going back to the ruins of the cooper house because you you went to like the site of the past hunt last time are you going to keep like returning to returning to the scene as it were uh, no, I don't think so. He got kind of shut out from there, so he's going to avoid that location. Um, and uh, he's not going to go to Summit City Trust right now because with what he knows about his limited knowledge about the static, uh, he knows enough to know he'll get his ass beat. <laughs> so he's not going to go back there right now. Okay. Um, so I imagine, so he's been spending a lot of time in like, uh, a lot of the like city proper dealing with the static, et cetera. And I think this time he'll try and find like a, like a really good sized park to go to and uh, try entering the static there. Okay. A park in the city, but not the glade. 
Correct. Okay. Yeah. All right. Tell me about this park. Um, I imagine it's a it's a less popular one because it doesn't have much in the way of like attractions. It's less manicured. It's more just like there is plant growth there. Like there's trees. Like there's a couple of trails, but they're really just like dirt pathways sort of okay. thing and uh pretty pretty overgrown but it's comforting in that to winslow based on his time in the wilds mm-hmm. is the park called anything is it named after somebody or is it just like blank street park i think it's just whatever street it's on it's that park okay. yeah got a good street name you're really good with names so i want to give you these oh. opportunities oh. thanks i appreciate that um let's call it Let's call it Boulder Street Park. Boulder Street Park. All right, Winslow. The uh, air is crisp as you pull up into the small parking area of Boulder Street Park. Uh, The parking lot is just off the street, uh, about 30 feet long of uh, just blacktop that's been poured at the edge of this this field that has a, a trail that goes off through some trees and, you know, it splits into various trails. As you step off the motorbike, you notice that the lot has been shoveled, cleared of snow, but the park itself has about three or four inches of snow on the ground as uh, some of these thick flakes are falling from the sky around you. It's very, very gray today. Excellent. Um, Winslow is going to uh, walk out into the snow some, and he's going to uh, pull his uh, serape up a little bit uh, further so it's up around his neck some and mm-hmm. he'll take some steps into the underbrush and into the trees and um, uh, stop and really listen for a minute to the snowfall mm-hmm. and then uh, be a little bit saddened and disappointed that uh, he cannot hear the the tangible silence of the snowfall mm-hmm. uh, because the static is buzzing too loud in his ears has uh, Winslow ever gotten to experience that? Just being in the snow and feeling the muffled, muffledness of the air? It's probably been about 30 years since mm-hmm. Winslow has. Probably since he was uh, a kid. 30 plus years since he's been able to do that. But he knows that he felt really peaceful in the solitary moments like that. Mm-hmm. And now he can't find that silence again. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll wander some uh, through the through the woods a bit and then uh, he'll get to probably like a decent sized tree and uh, out of curiosity there he'll put his hand on the trunk and then he will uh, slowly tune into the static and start working his jaw to get it to pop so he can step into the static as Winslow works his jaw has he been practicing this outside of like us checking in on him oh yeah for sure okay okay he's pretty Um, experienced now yeah so he usually sort of goes to different parts of the city wanders out and and pops in and explores okay so he'd be pretty experienced now with the different threats that the static can hold um you saw two well you saw three of them on top Mm -hmm. of the summit city trust you saw the a uh, large, large flying teethed eel, and the weird, gooey kind of staticky dog that was the there. Brain, brain um, dog, yeah, brain dog. Um, 
those are two threats and there are other creatures like that creatures that you've you've come to call aberrations things that shouldn't exist but in the static they do in this place where the laws of gravity the laws of the physical world do not hold anything can happen and usually Winslow's is found that means dangers uh, there are other creatures besides those out there. There are uh, bats that hang from street lamps that will swoop down at you if you come too close. There are um, hulking figures that hide in alleys that breathe this heavy staticky breath as you linger too close. But you've also seen signs of more peaceful life. There are some some smaller creatures, some staticky rats that run about that seem to ignore you. And there are flowers that grow, just just beads of light, these flowers that take that shape that, that seem to rise and grow over time, uh, almost humming with the static in tandem. But there's also the giant swirling pillar of light in the center of the city that stretches uh, the height of a skyscraper and beyond and you know that's a that's a scary thing that's a bad thing <laughs> yeah big, you big bad you stay away from that thing you get close to that thing and your whole body starts to shake like that's a lot of power right there and um so winslow's winslow stayed clear can you do a general let's do a perception check for winslow just to show how observant he's been during his time in the static that's a 23 23 Winslow has also noticed one other thing. You you first noticed it uh, a few days ago after exploring the Cooper house and, and when that all ran down. And you don't know if it's you don't know if it's a trick of the light or something that is there and was there, but now you're you're used to the pattern, you can make it out. But it seems like in the static there are people humanoid figures just just outlined faintly so faintly by the static they seem to they seem to watch you as you enter it was after your your engagement with the cooper house when you saw something similar to this inside that screen in the attic there a few days later you you went to the static and you saw one of them just standing at the sidewalk across the street looking at you and you you popped back out and when you went back into the static after your rest it was gone and you've seen them a few more times since. Oh no, that's terrifying. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. Um, yeah. So I imagine now Winslow, with that context, Winslow is probably going into the static with some frequency with uh, his hand on the handle of his revolver when he goes mm-hmm. when he pops in. He's mm-hmm. he's usually quick enough that like if something were gonna try and rush him, he'd see it before it happened. But if he happens to pop in right next to something, he wants to make sure he can be quick on that draw real fast. Mm-hmm. Okay. With that in mind, Winslow puts a hand out on the tree, puts his other hand on his holster, works his jaw, and pops into the static. And he looks around. Um you see the park laid out around you, not looking terribly much different from in the physical with the snow in the air and the sort of gray overcast. Everything was kind of already in whites and blacks to begin with, but now it just seems more pronounced as you into this space. I'll uh, do a few laps around. I'll kind of see what it feels like to pass my hand through the tree. 
and stuff. Okay. Uh, see what that feels like. And I'll kind of circle around it some and look up into the branches. Yeah. You wave your hand through the tree and it, it seems to give just the barest bit of resistance. Like you feel it more if you, if you do it slowly, like it's surface tension almost of the static, but you, mm-hmm. you break it easily. And as your hand passes through, it reforms. Um, you look up into the branches and they're currently clear. You just see the ripples of static as the, 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 the snow represented in this world by just beads of rippling light are spinning through the air. I'll let myself listen to the few seconds of silence that I get while I'm in here. Yeah, here's that oppressive silence. That muffled. <laughs> and there's just like a small smile that Winslow gets at the corner of his mouth. And then he pops back in and the buzzing starts again. Mm-hmm. And uh, his shoulders are will kind of droop a little bit and he'll reach down and pull out a cigarette and light that and take a long drag. And then he'll just lean up against the tree for a little bit as he uh, gets his rest in before he can step into the static again. Winslow's passive perception is just that as you, as you lean up against the tree, something catches your eye and you, you lean forward to look around. You see that where you are leaned against the tree, there are no footprints around you. It looks like you just popped into existence right there at the base of this tree. It's it's clear snow all around you. Interesting. Winslow does not leave a mark on the physical world. That's fascinating. Winslow takes note of that. He's like, okay, good to know. Good to know. And just takes another long drag off a cigarette. Time passes hear the faint honking of horns out in the city you see a couple walking through the park these two halflings holding hands bundled in parkas sort of the same almost the same style as yours adjacent to it at least they laugh they push each other a little bit as they they joke and they make their way through the path continuing it on kicking the snow with their feet as they move further into the park winslow checks his watch and takes note of about how long it'll be till he goes to grab dinner with Valerie. And then uh, he'll look back at the tree and he's going to climb up into the branches of the tree. Okay. Um, I guess rule for athletics or acrobatics because it's, it's kind of snowy. It's a little cold. It's maybe a little slick. It's a 22 on acrobatics. Yeah, man, you, you leap up, get a good grip. And quickly find your purchase as you climb up into the branches of this tree. And uh, I'll look around a little bit again and then work my jaw once more and pop into the static again. You pop into the static in the branches of this tree. And uh, in the static, it looks like the branches are, are moving, maybe adjusting from the weight that they've lost. And as Winslow looks around, you see that on the ground near the base of the tree, is one of those just standing there looking up at you. I'll lean forward a little bit and I'll just go, what do you want? It opens some kind of mouth and static. You just hear static. (sighs) I guess I shouldn't have expected much else. Listen, could you stop following me? It's fucking creeping me out. Rule for persuasion? With maybe disadvantage? Okay. Oh, man. I actually rolled well on the second one. Uh, so that's going to be a four. 
sure. You don't, it doesn't seem to understand what you're saying. You know, it just stands there. It doesn't react. Winslow would just pull his head back and then just sit down on one of the branches. Like, eh, whatever. At this point, like, he's just gotten so accustomed to seeing weird shit mm-hmm. in here. That he's like, that's fine. I'm always uneasy. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> and you pop back into the physical and the branches shake beneath you. And I'll uh, look down to see if there's any trace of where that thing was. There's no impression in the snow. Okay. Hmm. Party at DM. I'm trying to see if I can find one of these little sprite guys. I know. I know you are. Okay. Okay. Now Winslow's kind of got the creeps a little bit. And uh, he's going to go ahead and slump a little bit and then be like, well, all right, I guess I'll just be early. And then he'll uh, he'll scramble down the tree, uh, the other side of the tree. Okay. And uh, then he's going to make his way back over to the uh, back to his motorcycle. Okay. You walk back through the snow. You're moving through the park, heading to your motorcycle. And I'll do a a, a quick shoulder check. He'll steal his breath and then he's going to work his jaw and pop into the static and simultaneously pull a 180 with his revolver drawn oh damn uh give me a dexterity just a dexterity roll see how quick you are on this it's a 15 on just a dexterity check 15 okay you spin in the snow wheeling around as you pull your gun out and hold it up you pop back into the static and the gun is pointed right at this humanoid figure. And it freezes. You see Winslow's finger start to tense on the trigger. You can see the hammer starting to pull back on the revolver. And then he lowers the gun, holsters it, and he puts out a hand. Looks like we better get acquainted if we're going to keep running into each other. The figure, little, a little shorter than Winslow, still, still amorphous, this outline and static, cocks its head. And reaches out this sort of long, it doesn't really have fingers, it just sort of ends in the static arm and grabs your hand. And I just gently shake up and down. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. It moves its arm with yours and opens its mouth and static comes out. Much obliged. (laughs) And still clenching your hands together, Winslow, you pop back into the physical world. And you feel this wrenching, this like the static builds in your ears and it pops and it pops and it pops and it pops. And then you're back in the physical world and you hear a faint in the snow in front of you. And I'll look down at the snow in front of me. You see almost almost completely covered by this snow, this little impression that it's made. A small, tiny size humanoid made of rippling static its features are odd it, it doesn't have the, the full humanoid form that you you'd seen a moment ago it, it seems to have a like a, a too large head and one of its arms is almost shrunken down as it's laying back in the snow and it it sits up and it like looks around and i'll slowly crouch down and like with kind of a, a little bit of like a confused wry smile on my face like well Looky here, 
hello and i'll like scoop underneath it and like pick up the snow that it's sitting on and like lift it up in my hand and kind of raise it up to my face it coughs and you see almost like like sparks of static come from its mouth as like the, the static works its way out and then you you see it open its mouth and it doesn't like move its mouth like it's making sounds it just moves it, its mouth like it should be making sounds but different you hear different words come out you hear and it's sylvan which you know as as a language that you have you know this language it's sylvan yeah which is winslow's gonna like kind of like be taken aback some like i imagine he kind of pushes away a little bit like his hand away from his face some and be like what the hell i haven't heard <laughs> i haven't heard anybody speak that and fucking god damn not since I was out in the woods. Wow. Where, how far from home are you? And he'll say that in uh, Sylvan. It replies, where, where where, am I? Where? You're out of the, you're in, um, it's, it's called Summit City. Welcome. Um, it's seems so, like you're it's so, old. it's so c- c- cold and it's, it's shivering. Ah, shit. Is the cold bothers? I mean, you're like a little like static guy, and I like poke him a little bit. Yeah, the the static like it's weird. It looks like staticky, but it's kind of like soft to the touch. You like oh, press in, and it's like doesn't doesn't feel like anything. You just sort of push it, and like like almost Pillsbury Doughboy e. <laughs> and in fact, him. in fact, it'll do it, <laughs> and it like it'll like push your finger away. <laughs> oh my god, I love him. I'm really, uh, oh um. Uh, and Winslow like pull back his serape and he'll like open up his shirt pocket and he'll like dump him down in his shirt pocket. As you put him into your, your shirt pocket, you just hear it shivering. It's uh, all right. Um, let's uh, let's get you inside someplace warm. I think we need to have a little talk about where you came from. Sorry, I went and yanked you out. That was kind of. Not too amiable of me. Apologize for that. It uh, it doesn't answer. It just curls up at the bottom of your pocket, and slowly you feel the shivering stop. And I'll like open it up and get ready to say something else, but I get the sense that it's sleeping, so I'll like just close the shirt pocket up and like Winslow stands kind of awkwardly, he almost like doesn't know what to do because he has this tiny thing in his pocket, and he's like, um. Like opens and closes his hands a couple of times. Uh, checks his watch. Oh shit! I do not have time to deal with this right now. Um. Okay. All right. Uh. Fuck it. We'll do it live. And Winslow uh, hops on his motorcycle, throws his helmet on, and as he uh, kicks it to start, he'll uh, make a call to Valerie at the same time. Okay. Yeah. You uh, bring out your phone. Uh, actually, your helmet has the the phone, so maybe it's voice activated. Yeah, just, uh, give give Val a call. We need to figure out what's going on here. You hear a beep boop boop beep, calling Valerie. Then the ringtone a bit. Dun, 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 <laughs> dun, da, 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 da. As you're getting on the motorcycle and pulling it out of the park and getting onto the main road, uh, and it picks up. Hey, hey, uh, hey, cowboy. <laughs> uh, hey, Val. Uh, listen, um, dinner tonight still on? Uh, of course, I'm working on it now. Oh, excellent. Perfect. Um, 
I may be bringing a guest. Is that all right? A guest? They won't eat much. Date night? It's kind of a long story. Um, You know how you talk to me about sharing the things that are going on, et cetera, et cetera, things that are happening. Um, Like there's a whole thing with like this dimension that exists on top of ours that I step into sometimes. Um, So somebody came back with me from there and I need to talk to you about it. Is that cool? Great. Hey, I'm I'm sorry. I, the the food is really loud here. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. Great. Uh. Don't worry about boiling. Fixing, don't worry about fixing an extra plate. I'll be right there. Okay. Okay. I'll talk to you soon, honey. All right. I'll talk to you later, Val. And Winslow drives off to Valerie, and that's the scene. Perfect. Oh my god, I love him. He's so cute. This parasol is absorbing magical energy, isn't it? That's how it's allowing for technical advancements to happen. It's literally eradicating magic from this world. Mm, that's interesting. That's exactly what's happening. How else would a random Sylvian-speaking fae creature be stuck in the static? Or it's boring a hole between realities. The Either case, it's, it's destroying something. I don't trust. Obviously, we're not supposed to trust it. But why <laughs> are we not trust. supposed to trust it? Hey guys, uh, who's gonna roll that next d4? That's you, buddy. A two. We already got that one. A three. Happy holidays, everybody. We need to figure out what the big holiday is this winter <laughs> season, because you all have been invited to dinner. With the Coopers. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Who came up with this cursed prompt? <laughs> Max. Oh, that wasn't me. Huh. I throw some in there too, guys. A Don't DM, worry. A DM prompt. Interesting. So what's the holiday? It's um it's it's lantern nights. Damn it. I was like, We're mm-hmm. literally gonna say the same thing. I was gonna say Nandal kites, but Nandal basically, kites. I mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I wasn't kidding. Lantern nights is a great one. <laughs> it is it's good. too close to candle nights. Um, oh, what if it's? Hmm, what if there's a day where it's a solar? Oh, it's a, like a winter solar eclipse that turns the parasol into the only light because of it reflecting the sunlight back. I actually like that. Terrifying. It doesn't even have to be an eclipse. If it's just the winter solstice, that's the longest night of the year. True. I guess I was thinking with it being like the moon, mm-hmm. it being like sun, moon, planet, parasol. So that way oh, the only light is that that's, that's being cool. reflected down from the parasol onto the city. And it's the same... Same every year? Close, maybe, okay. yeah. So it, it sort of fluctuates within maybe a two-week period in winter. Yeah. I like that a lot. Eric, anything you want to add? No, I mean, you you can one-up me all you want, Winslow. <laughs> That's not Winslow. Winslow didn't come up with it. He just lives in the world. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, famous yellow painting painter, <laughs> Fax Meldman. Uh, Fax Meldman, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's this holiday called, Eric? 
or it's or it's just the Paris solstice. Damn it, that's good. The Paris solstice. I like that. Paris solstice. That's too good. That's too good not that to is, do. It really is. Okay, Paris solstice. <laughs> that's so good. Uh, it's Paris solstice, the holiday that we just established. Um, you all have been invited to, uh, you, you received very nice invitations in the mail to what they're calling the Cooper condo, <laughs> which is, <laughs> which you, you realize is where the family moved to be with V after their, after their house got destroyed. Um, okay. Is, now hold on. Is, house uh, got yeah. destroyed. Let's, that is, that is very- painting in an egregiously <laughs> false, uh, <laughs> Uh, picture here the house tore itself out of the ground sure sure. and fought us Mm -hmm. i'm just saying any damage was incidental to its own Mm -hmm. actions Mm -hmm. it is a condo downtown a few blocks away from the trust and uh you two have been invited for dinner with the family so that they can formally give you thanks now that it's been a few weeks and they've gotten back on their feet do we meet there or do we bike pool the two of you pull up outside the condo okay. <laughs> uh together on your motorcycles having coordinated your arrival time uh so that you would not be <laughs> arriving alone <laughs> and uh you do the normal maneuver where uh, you use galileo to direct kane's bike and winslow's follows and uh you step into this high rise you've got the address on your card uh, elevators right there you take it and as you are on your way up is there anything that you wanted to talk about to do to prepare um I'm a little surprised we still got invited to a family event after the events leading up to this yeah that was uh i mean like if we're being completely honest like that wasn't on us i mean uh, maybe yeah i mean we kept it from walking further away that's something, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not on us, but uh, human nature very frequently likes to point fingers. But I guess you that's did fair. keep him safe from getting shot from nitpick, and that's got to count for a lot. Yeah, well, you know, it's what we got to do, right? You know, otherwise, what's the point? Um, listen, what did uh, what did you bring? I got this. Uh, Valerie sent me with this uh, bottle of Chardonnay. Is that what, that is chart Chardonnay? I'm not. Uh, I came to learn that it's Chardonnay from my time at the museums. Uh, I'm surprised you never wanted to join me for those. I uh, even. I mean, uh, eh, like why look at the pictures in nature if I could go be in the nature? You know, it just kind of. Eh, not. I, my. I came to learn that it's uh it's the interpretation, the human filter of the capturing of the nature. That says more about the person's relationship with that nature than being in the nature itself. You just get kind of a blank stare from Winslow for a little bit. <laughs> and then he like looks you up and down. Do you need me to say that the Chardonnay was from us? No, no, I uh, actually brought my own thing. It's a a alcoholic apple cider with some mulling spices. We'll, we'll get it nice and, and warm, get the mulling spices in there, give it a nice little uh, holiday cheer, if you will. All right, fair enough. Sounds like we'll be having a good time. Um, Yeah, I guess. Do we not talk about the... You know what? I'll let you take lead on that, on whether or not we actually bring up the whole 
Hell House kind of situation or not? Is that like a topic non grata? Yeah, you know, we'll we'll let them be the leaders of this dance. All right, that's cool. I'd like to not get a shotgun pointed at me this time by by Daff. I think uh, I think Daff is gonna respect V's rules, and I I think V kind of likes us, so I think we should be good. All right, well, uh, I guess uh, get the buttons adjusted here, and away we go. All right. The elevator door dings open, and you see a very nice uh, carpeted hallway, uh, sort of nicely colored walls, kind of faint, uh, well-made. There's molding on the walls as you walk through. There are stands set up with flowers occasionally, and you get outside the door that uh, has the address you were told to go to. And inside Winslow, you can hear the, the shouting of, of kids and the clanging of pots. Sounds like it's rowdy in there. Um, at least we don't have to question them this time, right? Not unless it's one of the party games we have. <laughs> We're still just kind of laugh and knock on the door. Okay. Uh, you hear a, a rattling from inside and the door opens and you see V. She is standing there, uh, well dressed. You know, she she looks a little bit more business casual, but still kind of businessy. In uh, holiday clothes, the traditional gold and black of the parasolstice season. Um, as she welcomes you, and she says, "Hey, oh, thank you so much. You made it. Did you find it okay?" Winslow tips his hat, ma'am. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was easy enough. Just to follow the Canaan. Galileo there got us here real easy. Good, good. I'm so glad. And she leans in for a hug. Oh, okay. Yep. Kind of like the... He's, he he automatically just like goes in for the side hug. Mm-hmm. It's just been such a, a busy few weeks with everything going on. We, we just wanted to make sure we gave a little bit back. And she leans in to hug you, Kane. Kane does a full frontal hug. I'm talking hand... On the upper back, close embrace. Thanks for everything you've done, V. It's it's been a long it's been a long season, but um, it's come on in, come on in. She steps back, and you see her just sort of put a, a, a finger up to her, her eyes to to brush aside a, a tear as she turns and steps into the condo, uh, which has a, a little hallway with an uh, open doorway leading to a kitchen that you pass. You see. Daff inside. She's got uh, pots and pans all over the place. She's slamming things down onto the stove. You see steam and smoke and uh, everything rising up into the air. She's juggling mittens and corn and meat from the oven. And she sees you come in. She says, oh, yeah, you made it. Fantastic. Hey, Daff, catch. And I grab something from my pocket and throw to her a carton of solstice spirits solstice spirits all right uh make a dexterity throw with, <laughs> and i'll see if she can catch it <laughs> that's gonna be a zero a literal crit fail <laughs> minus one <laughs> death catch spikes it onto the ground yes yeah, that's almost exactly what happens um <laughs> you pull a rob flanagan oh no <laughs> <laughs> catch <laughs> 
um, no, your your hand makes the full motion, but as you're as you're about the height of your throw, it just slips from your grasp. So your hand spins all the way through as you just hear a and there there's fizzing and there's there's liquid spilling out onto the ground as the, the container is broken on the on the tiled floor. And and V just V just pauses and Daff freezes. Fuck, I, I should have known it would have been something like this. Hold on. <laughs> and and she starts putting her, her pots and things down and she grabs a towel and uh as you're as you're standing there head so in your much hands. Spaghetti. Kane, you feel uh you feel the towel hit you in the face. Can you feel the towel hit you in the face? I take one D four embarrassment damage. Yeah, go for that psychic damage there. Alright, it's gonna be uh a three embarrassment. Okay. It's critical. Well, uh, I guess I should warn you a little bit more before I chuck that at you, huh? Just, just maybe. And she gives V a look and V claps her hands together and says, all right. Okay. Well, uh, here, say, say hi to the kids. Say hi to the kids. And as, uh, Kane, you fold everything up into the towel, uh, she, V steps forward and, and takes it and uh, waves you on away from the kitchen further into the condo. <laughs> uh, as I settle down a little bit more into the condo, I start talking to the kids. How's that magic coming along? You got any fun tricks? Uh, as you enter the uh, sitting room, you see the... You get hit with a fireball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you enter the sitting room, uh, you see there are some doors leading off to other hallways, uh, presumably bedroom, bathroom, those sorts of things. But the, the sitting room itself is is fairly large. Uh, it's got a, a nice sofa set up against one wall facing a television. There's a long four-to-ceiling window that you can see across the far side of the room. Uh, and, and from this, you've actually got a pretty decent view of like the, the city. There are some buildings blocking your way, but you can see just up there, you can see the parasol glinting and golden. And you can see just the faint faint sort of outline of, of the the last rays of the sun dripping down the horizon. But the kids, uh, Norville is hanging out on the couch. He's got a video game in his hands. Um, kids these days. Velma, Velma is, is sitting there at his feet. Uh, she's reading a book. And as you come in, she puts the book down and stands up. Uh, as as you asked about the magic, she says, uh, "Yes, yeah, uh, we, we've been working on we've been working on a few things." She raises one hand into the air, and a puff of light comes out and just sort of evaporates into the air. She looks at you. Wow, that's uh, that's incredible. Thanks. Uh, we've been told not to do bigger stuff until we understand the basics. Well, it looks like you've got the building box for the basics. That's for sure. Thanks, Mr. Omen. And uh, how about you? I motion at the younger kid playing video games. Yeah, Norville doesn't even look up from his video game. You see he's got a haircut, though. Uh, his his black hair is is sort of cut uh, into a, like a bull, but sticking out along the, the, the sides of his head are two long elven ears as he's playing his video game. He's just plucking away. He's like, uh, it's good. I'm getting a lot of points. <laughs> I bet you I can beat you. No, you can't. He keeps playing. A uh, rule for persuasion. Winslow leans over. 
History tells us that probably I can beat him, but I'm no bad. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty-two. Jesus. He says, uh, "No, you can't." As he's playing, and he looks up at you. He like holds the controller out. I, <laughs> I'm gonna do a sleight of hand to see if I can get Galileo in there to help me cheat. <laughs> oh damn! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a 15 okay um it's slide a hand just to see if they notice oh man they both 18 and a natural 20 um these kids are perceptive um, it's a game shark <laughs> yeah you just sort of bring out from your coat a, a cord and you move to plug it in and uh, and Velma jumps up. She says, "No, no, no! You that hey Norval, he's me- he's messing with your game." Norval's like, "Don't mess with my game." I'm gonna do a deception and say, "No, no, no! I'm just charging it. Make sure I don't waste any battery." You hear you hear from the the kitchen. Dab says, "Kane, uh, roll for deception." <laughs> my specialties. It's gonna be a nineteen. Nineteen. Uh, Velma and Norval stand there. Look at each other. They don't do anything. How well do I do? Man, okay. Um, so make a religion check. <laughs> Galileo, please. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to flex on these little kids. A 13? A 13. Try to spank their super monkey ball score or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the game is uh, is... Like a, like a fighting game, you're fighting like monsters. You're like shooting laser beams at, at monsters as they're like crawling towards you. You got to beat them before they get to the like the bottom of the screen. And you plug in Galileo and the kids watch you as uh, you like move your fingers over the controls, but you don't actually press anything down. And you feel your, you feel your phone buzz and like one of the beams hits the end. And you feel your phone buzz again, and another beam hits the end, and then your phone stops buzzing, and the con- the little figure in the in the game starts to move back and forth, like trying to shoot shoot at these creatures, and uh, it's it's okay. You you get to uh, you get to the fifth level. Did I beat the high score? Is the most important bit. <laughs> uh, as the the final beam comes through and, and crashes through the end, there's the do 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 do. As the screen flashes and it it shows a high score at the top, um, you've got Norville with 1,000 points. You've got Norville with 1,015 points. You've got Velma with 1,030 points. And you've got an opening for your name at 100,000 points. <laughs> Gonna, I'm just gonna write KO. All right, Ass input, fart. input your name and Norville's there. Ass Norville's the like, <laughs> Norville's still bouncing up. It's like, what what score did you get? Did, you, like nine hundred something? Now I got a hundred K, kid. Uh, it's points, not Ks. A uh, hundred thousand points. Is that big? That's many big. He, uh, first first he, place? He, he's like on his tiptoes to see. And I show the screen at him. Well, I'll just keep practicing. You do just that. He takes the game and starts to walk with it. It's still plugged in, so you feel a little tug on the wire. Yeah, unplug it. 
Okay. Uh, he walks back to the couch and you, you hear the game fire up as he starts another level. <laughs> Basically, he's like, I like Destiny. And you're like, cool, yeah, let me try that real quick. And you beat like a Grandmaster <laughs> Nightfall. And you're like, cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I look at my phone that was buzzing, see if Galileo said anything. It's just, I'm afraid I can't do this, Kane. Over and over and over again. I just text back, hope you had fun, buddy. Winslow will just like kind of shake his head a little bit and then uh, turn to V. Oh, uh, sorry. I forgot to mention. I brought this bottle of Chardonnay. uh, Don't throw it. Shard. I was not planning on that. We are guests in this home, Kane. Um, and, uh, Chardonnay, I believe, is what uh, Val and Kane told me this was. So here you go. She puts both hands on the bottle. Says, "Thank you very much. We we appreciate the gifts, both of them. Thank you. Um, I've got something for you too as well." She walks back to the kitchen and. Uh, you see her return a moment later. She's got uh, in 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 one one in both arm, uh, two bottles of scotch. This is the uh, type that we would uh, sell at the Cooper House, but we figured we would get some for you as a thank you for all the work that you did. Um, it was it was Rick's favorite, and so in his memory, I, I was hoping you could you know if you like it, um, you could just. Take a drink every once in a while in his memory, please. I am much obliged. Thank you so much. This is a wonderful gift. Hell, you didn't have to do this. You're already inviting us over for this nice dinner. You know, it's it's the least that we can do, really. Um, you know, we were... And she waves you over uh, to an, another room and you, you step into a, a dining room. Um, you know, we were we were talking and we, we figured, you know, a lot of the... A lot of what went down that day, we think was going to happen whether or not you were there. So, you being there did mean that, that our family, what's what's left of it, got out of there in one piece. So, you know, we, we feel like we owe you our lives. Winslow kind of like put a hand on Kane's shoulder a little bit. I mean, we can be a little rough and tumble, but, you know, we try our best. I wouldn't go that far. You're a strong family. I think you would have made it through, but we're glad that we can be there to facilitate the process. Well, thank you very much. Um, now, I, I know I know Daph won't say it to your face, but she's grateful too. Appreciate that. Listen, um, also, I just want to say that um, that was a, a poor reflection on our organization um, when... Uh, one of our associates uh, pulled a firearm on your family, and uh, I'd like to apologize on behalf of us uh, at the Glade um, that that is uh, unacceptable behavior. The Glade. I don't think they knew that we were in the Glade. Yeah, I, I don't think I, I'm very familiar with the Glade, but thank you very much. Um, I, I appreciate that. Tensions were high, I think, for all of us, um, you know, and maybe understandably so. But with uh, with the, with the light and the voice, we will we will all move on. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Well, yeah. let's enjoy this dinner. Thanks for having us over. Of course. 
and you return to the main room. Uh, let's let's fast forward through this stuff. If, if there's a, another conversation that you want to have, you're welcome to pull it out. But uh, uh, you hang out kind of awkwardly in the living room with the kids. Um, Velma starts asking you questions about what you do, what your jobs are, why were you at the, the house, um, what your real names are, Mr. Omen, Mr. Harris. Um, do you have guns on you? Um, what are your motorcycles like? Where did you go to school? What's your favorite sport? Do you have a favorite color? Have you killed anybody? A lot of stuff. Um, as Daph finishes up the meal and serves it, you all sit around the dining room table uh, as you enjoy a, a meal of uh, roasted ham, glazed honey. Uh, there are mashed potatoes and gravy, very nice croissant biscuits. Um, the Chardonnay is served with the meal. Uh, and there's uh, a moment where uh, Velma and, and Daph take a toast to that scotch. They have their own bottle that they share. Yeah, I'll definitely pour a glass to toast that as well. That's what I, Winslow will be drinking the whole time. He won't be drinking the wine. Kane will convince Winslow to pour him some scotch from the already open bottle of Winslow's. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you do that, Winslow? Yeah, of course. Winslow okay. just like squint just a little bit back at Kane, like, all right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You owe me another later. And as you sit at the dining room table, uh, the city gets darker outside. Through the window, you see the parasol glittering over the city. And as you all sit and eat and talk some semi-awkwardly, V seems to have warmed up to the idea of you very much. Daph still seems a bit reserved. Um, Norville keeps playing the video game under the table, but he doesn't turn the sound off, so it's just there the whole time, the same rhythm over and over. Um, you see just a, a moment of darkness out in the city where the sky, the night sky just seems a bit darker and all that you see as the city turns its lights off is the parasol overhead glittering with its three blinking lights. Is there anything else that you wanted to do or is that the scene? No, that's good. I'm good. Okay. One scene left. Let's get you guys paid. Isn't that hilarious that this is the same order as last time? It's see, I was thinking about that. the The scenes are actually in different order, right? Because this this is the first scene. The one that we're about to do is the earliest to yep. the house incident, and the first one that we did with Kane is the most recent. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but Winslow's stuff was before the holiday stuff. So like, but, but like the order in which we're, we're revealing it, you know, it's, it's just going to be interesting as we continue, you know, with these interludes and such, seeing how the paying attention to the order and the timing of different events, because in these, in this, with this game that we're playing, time gets a little weird. Yeah. All right. It has been about three days. Since the incident at the Cooper house, you are just beginning to get over this feeling of soreness, this achiness that you've had from exerting yourselves so heavily um, at that incident a few nights before. You'd crash, you'd slept for a long, long time the next day. And uh, when you finally wake up, you see that Compass Poe would like to meet with you. We join you now as you stand outside the lobby of the Glade, having met there to 
you know, plan and prepare for this encounter. Uh, the once again, the uh, glass pond in the ceiling overhead has these faint lights, green shifting to blue, glowing overhead. You can see through the the tall glass wall the uh, large glade. Uh, the central tree rising up, its branches extending. Uh, you see steam on the glass, misting as it falls. Even though outside is cold, the glade is kept at a balmy temperature. And uh, you see other members of the glade walking about, milling about. Um, it's a normal day, and you guys have decided to use this time to meet with Compass Poe. Well, uh, what do you think Pay's going to be like this time? Got anything, got any big plans? Well, I mean, I was thinking I'm still going to help my sis out the most I can, but it wouldn't hurt to keep a little bit for myself. I'm thinking getting some mods for the sword and potentially even upgrading it to to help deal with whatever abominations we're going to be facing next. Yeah. What? Your sister, helping your sister. I don't, you mentioned a little bit in passing before about your family sums that Everything okay? Is she sick or something? Or what's going on? I know you don't like to talk too much about it. No, she's great. She's got plans to to go to college and to be a big shot. And I just want to support that. You know, some people get into this line of work because that's the the best they can do. And I guess I fall in that. But uh, she's better than that. You know, she's got options. Want to make sure that. She can pursue those options and not have to worry about the logistics of it. Want to make sure she didn't fall into this sort of life, huh? No, I mean, if that's what she wants. Um, I've seen her trying to throw a shoe at me in retribution for me teasing. And let me just say, she, she doesn't have what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, it's just making sure she has the option, you know? That's mighty kind of you, Kane. That's mighty kind. It's doing what any big brother would do. Hmm. That's fair, I suppose. And not everybody lives up to the standards they probably should. But you know, anyhow, we got ourselves a uh, a house kill. Hell, I don't know. We didn't bring it in for questioning, but I guess this is a little outside the norm. We have to get at least what the house is worth, right? I will let you bring that argument to the table because i like that that's good that's real good and we open the doors okay you open the door to the compass pose office and you see him he is in the middle of putting on a, a jacket he's got his back to you and as you open the door you see this warm study room the desk across the way the the wall of terrariums on the on the far side of the room uh he says oh 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 and he pulls the jacket on. Just turns. Oh, I'm uh, I'm not not quite ready. Um. Uh. Do you have an appointment? Do, do you have an appointment? He's like trying to get one arm through the sleeve. Yeah, I, I'm honestly quite disappointed in how late you are. Uh, we were supposed to be here two minutes ago. Late two minutes ago. Uh, uh, he pushes his arm through the sleeve and he reaches into one of his pockets and he pulls out like an old-fashioned pocket watch that he clips clips open. Is it, uh, I believe I'm precisely two minutes early. Then that clock's four minutes late. <laughs> um, well, he clips it closed and, and puts it back in his pocket uh, as he turns and gestures at the two chairs in front of his desk. He 
waddles back around and plumps back into his chair. He says, well, um, do, do come in. Do come in. We need to, uh, we need to talk. Yeah, so what's, uh, what's the pay looking like this time around? Before we talk about pay, I, uh, I, need, to, I need to ask you about what your, what your future looks like with the Glade. Um, I mean, this is all I'm good at, and I want to continue to do this until mm. I can't no more. That's essentially my plan. Sure. Okay. Um, and you, Mr. Um, and he leans forward and you see he's like reading something on his desk. Mr. Mr. Harris. Uh, I'm good at tracking. Good at, you know, hunting, that sort of thing. Uh, ain't much of a use for that in the city outside of here. So, I mean, got to put the towns to work somehow. Otherwise get all rusty and, uh, ain't exactly the desk job type. So, here you are. I am. Yes, you are here, and uh, you are here with a proud organization in the city that goes back several hundred years, that has maintained efficiency and discretion, and yet neither of you have maintained those sacred oaths. You wish to keep working with us, yes? Y- yeah. You work with us, not against us, yes? Uh- I mean, yeah, I don't think that was ever in question. Kane, was that ever a problem? No, I, if anything, I would blame this more on the lack of intel we got going into the project. I mean, we're the cleanup crew. We're not the investigation crew. Yes, and uh, he, he leans down and starts rifling beside his desk. Which project were you referring to? The Cooper House. That project was assigned to others. And he lifts up and slams a box of cookies down on the table. Have a cookie. (laughs) The two of you were assigned to find information about a robot that had gone wild in the city. Information about others may be similar. And instead, you went after some other project. You did not even report it to the Glade. And in this doing... You led to an inefficacious attempt to save, what, a building? Huh. Well, the the building's not really saved. It's it's quite it, Winslow messy just, like, at puts this point. Hand out like taps Kane like. Well, uh, let's not let's not forget that if we hadn't stepped in, it wouldn't have just been a building that got destroyed. The discretion that was executed by those on the case would have been one of violence and an exorcism which I don't believe would have really helped the situation if anything we graced it by based being on there. based on the reports that I have read the two of you knew about the concerns with the Cooper house a day before everything went down yes why did you not come to the glade at that time we were short on time you had a day there was also a major block of technology in that area caused by a threat that no one would have anticipated, a rogue AI that blocked any communication into and out of the region. I mean, if that AI could have spread, we didn't want to risk spreading it to the Glade or spreading it to any other information centers around. We had to deal with it as quickly as possible. 
And yet in your reports you write you went to the trust. You placed calls to each other from outside this range. I'm pretty sure that Winslow can take care of himself if I got him a little AI bug. It's easy to speculate what could have happened. And yeah, it wasn't the best with the cards we were given, but I feel like no one died. Uh, Sure, there's going to be a lot of cover-up and some new spinnings that needs to happen, but you got people at different parts of the apartments that take care of that. As far as I'm concerned, we did what we had to to the best of our ability. You said nobody died? Have you not seen the news? Ten. Ten have died. Ten. Uh, and also, nine people. Ten spiders. Is he literally counting the that, spiders? That we found. <laughs> um, and he reaches under his desk and he pulls up a jug of milk. Uh, Have a cookie. I know better than to not have a cookie, so I eat a cookie with milk. Yeah, I guess Winslow will too. Um, sir, in all due respect, um, those spiders were far gone. They were preying on people in the area, preying on animals and risking the livelihood of those nearby, including a small family with small children, which, uh, unfortunately, in this uh, instance, uh, we were uh, investigating the nest, trying to see if there was some sort of way in which we could uh, move them, etc., um, see if they could be avoided, so on and so forth. And then uh, Kane almost died, like, twice. And we can't forget to mention that they killed the grandfather of the Coopers and their dog, and they attacked me and Shalala. I need you both to roll for persuasion. Um, can you have disadvantage? Can I give up my roll to give uh, as a help action for Kane? Uh, so, Kane, just roll once. 18. 18. Poe softens a little as he brings out three glasses of milk and sets them on the table and begins to pour the milk. He's, he's quiet for a moment. Look, lads, I understand that working with an organization is difficult at times. We try to save all lives. Spiders eat things. They need to to live. If you had reached out to us instead of running in guns and blades drawn, we could have sent in resources to help you remove the spiders safely and cross-reference with nitpick and one-shot to make sure that they had the supplies and support they needed. That could have freed you up to continue searching for the figures you'd been chasing just the day before. Do you understand the situation that you've put us in? Yeah, when you put it that way. It doesn't help anyone to be a lone wolf. You're right, sir. Uh, Roll for... No, don't roll for anything. Well... He seems a bit taken aback. Thank you. Um, Winslow, have a cookie? Thank you, sir. Uh, Wow, I am enjoying this cookie. Um, What about the other aspects of the reports if we're talking about responsibility within the Glade? I assume you are referring to the case that you have filed for Chadwick, Nitpick, Pickerington, and Vance One-Shot Calderon, specifically for the former. Yes, sir. It concerns me what would have happened had we not been there. I, what, not to uh, undermine any of the previous statements and uh, attempting to say that it's 
was in our right to do so. I'm just simply stating it does concern me what would have happened without supervision. Certainly. Well, to categorize these cases, the entire incident was a mess. People dead, glade agents crossing streams, and now a case of one one duo against another. If uh, the report had not been corroborated by eyewitnesses and many videos, this might have been a more drawn-out process, but as it is, Chadwick Pickerington is on administrative leave pending medical retreat. I'm not out to be vindictive, sir. I just want to make sure that people are kept safe, innocents, bystanders, children especially. I do understand. It is something we pride here at the Glade. Like I've told you before, I'm very proud of you both. You've come a long way. I've been watching. I can't deny it. And I, I hope to see you succeed. But it'll be easier for you to succeed if you if you help us succeed, you understand? You're, you're good boys. Thank you. Uh, Winslow, with your passive perception, you notice that one of the turtles in a, in a tank behind Compass Poe, it's, it's like eating some lettuce. And then it turns and gives a little burp and fire jets out. Now, to uh, bring this meeting to its head and to answer your first question, you will be getting two credits for this assignment. One for the robotic form that you brought into us, which is a great addition for our analysis team, and the other for your work reducing lives risked at the Cooper House incident. We, we do recognize your hard work. Winslow just kind of clenches his jaw. I'm leaving this one to you, man. <laughs> I'll try to negotiate an extra credit. Uh, how about uh, an extra one for, for making sure that we incentivize employees for reporting any misgivings against others and not have to feel uh, scared of any repercussions for doing the right thing? Roll persuasion. Hey, 13. Compass Poe takes a cookie and bites on it, and he thinks, No, I'm sorry. This is the compensation that has been agreed upon by the clade. It will have to do. But we will make sure that we give you more missions more frequently to make up for the missed income. We understand it can be hard, but this wasn't a good one, lads. You you did good, but it wasn't a good one. Does that make sense? I'm afraid it doesn't, sir, but mm. we'll uh, follow orders and try not to save anyone else's collateral from now on. He grimaces. Well, well, we'll keep that in mind. Winslow will just stand up, tip his hat down. Well, sir, if there's nothing else, I guess we've got a case we better get back on. Yes, yes, sir. Take some cookies for the road. I'll just grab a couple cookies. Okay. And I uh, grab enough to purposely seem like I am taking away resources from this man. <laughs> like you grab four, the box. Yeah, four four <laughs> would be like, oh, this man likes cookies. I take like nine. <laughs> you 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 take an entire sleeve of cookies, and the two of you turn, and you leave the room. I look over to Winslow. Well, it uh, doesn't look like I'm gonna 
be saving up for that magic sword anytime soon, huh? <sighs> nope. Guess we both took a little bit of a hit there. Well, I guess we better go get on our bikes and stay in our lane. That's what I've heard as well. As you walk through the lobby and into the garage, you hop on your bikes and, true to word, head off out into the city, try and get the grind, see if you can find any leads. As you come out of the park, you see a limo parked on the side of the street, bright red, and there is a tall man standing there in a black suit, and as you drive up, he just raises a hand. Do we recognize that person? No. Does it look like he's raising a hand in greeting or flagging us down? Like flagging you down. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll slowly roll coast up. Likewise. As the two of you roll up, the man steps forward and says, Mr. Harris, Mr. Omen. Present. Letters from Miss Ruby. And he holds out two envelopes. Oh, okay. I look at the envelopes and look at the messenger. Uh, were they too busy to give them to us themselves? I think she probably makes too much. She does things in her own times, sir. Well, I mean, unless these have some poison to them, I don't see any harm in checking these out when I grab the envelope. Yeah, I'll open mine too. She asked me to send a message along with them, sirs. She said, these are for services rendered with more opportunities on the way. Have a nice day. Victor, you sneaky bastard. I know what you're doing. And the man walks around, gets in the limo, and it pulls away. Services rendered? What the hell do we do for RubyCore? I open up the letter and start reading. There's no letter inside. Just a card. A card loaded with five credits. Each? Each. Oh. Well, looks like someone appreciated us taking care of the spider problem. Mm. Now that there's no property there, I'm really worried about what they'll do with the town. I mean, the Cooper house is no longer there, right? And that was the main obstacle, as were the spiders. Winslow just kind of feels a little bit of a pit in his stomach. Oh, fuck. I mean... I don't feel good about this, but <laughs> it's ours. Uh, yeah, it's ours. Shit. And we are back. It's time to talk level up. Who wants to go first? Um, I can go ahead and go first. This was not a huge uh, change of things for Winslow here. Um, most importantly, I picked up an ability from the uh, Unearthed Arcana Ranger Revised, 
which is what I'm playing Winslow from. I picked up an ability called Fleet of Foot, which means that uh, Winslow can now dash as a bonus action. So uh, that makes him pretty speedy. Of course, nowhere near Mach Moksha speed, but uh, in terms of this world, he's, uh, he's pretty fast in all honesty. So on a turn, he could theoretically sprint uh, from his normal movement speed of 30 up to 90, which is pretty cool. Um, and then uh, other than that, learned uh, some third level spells now changed out a few of the spells that I already have um, got rid of a Winslow classic uh, cordon of bullets because oh no because it sucks <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's so disappointing that yeah it's it is a disappointing spell for mm. at least these encounters so I uh, actually swapped that out for dark vision we're dealing with some nighttime environs a little bit better in case he doesn't want to whip out his mag light and see what's going on. And then uh, as we saw with our new friend uh, that Winslow found in the static, he has a new spell called Summon Fae. So we'll be playing with that a little bit more and what that means as we go forward. And then uh, another fun thing that he picked up from his, specifically his subclass of the Horizon Walker, is he has learned the spell Haste. Which, if you listen to Link Strike, mm. you know that Haste is a uh, pretty impressive uh, buffing spell. So, that can be pretty useful to make our fast boy even faster. Or maybe to make our strong boy faster. Haste, haste, haste. Uh, you rolled for health? Yes, I did. And that uh, brings me up to a total of 80 hit points. Delightful. And did you get API? I don't think I got an API. Did I... Oh man, did I get an API? I know I did. Should be eighth level. Yeah, level eight. Ability score improvement. Yeah, Rangers got an API. I got an API. Mm-hmm. Well, you're gonna be even dirtier. Um so I, I guess my dexterity was already a plus four. You gonna make it a plus five? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. What? Wait, did I or was I just at a plus three before? Uh, depends on how you did your skill distribution, but I currently have a plus five in strength after my API. I would have gone from 16 to 18 for dexterity before because I would have taken a 15 at base. And yeah. <laughs> you a 20 man? Uh, yeah, I've got a 20 dexterity now. Okay. Mm. Uh, so with Winslow's proficiency bonus and his dexterity getting bumped, that's really good. Yes. I will say that much as I scribble some numbers around and uh, make Winslow even dirtier than he already was. <laughs> and how about you, Mr. Omen? Well, as I mentioned in Max Feldman's peasant correction of his two-hit chances dexterity, I equally gave a plus five attack modifier for strength. As I bump that up to a 20, uh, the API is probably the most exciting part of my spell list. Uh, after jumping to level 9, I also bumped up my health to 81. Just just got a one up me, huh? I mean, if I'm the one taking literally all of the damage, I feel like I should have more health, even if it's symbolically just one more. But I also gained a third level spell slot, and as part of my... Make sure I get the right term here. As part of my sacred oath of Oath of the Vigilante, we get 
haste and speak with dead as my paladin level spells. So I similarly have haste and I can now speak to the dead as well. Skills that I'm sure Kane will be making full use of in the next hunt, which we move onward towards inching ever closer. 2021, a year where a week can be just that year (laughs) condensed. Um, We are in February now, but the next episode will go out on the 17th. All right. Thank you all very much for joining us as we re-enter this wonderful, wonderful, scary, creepy city. Um, Love you. Don't forget to call your parents. Bye. Postmodernism is a lie. Color doesn't exist except for in your brain. Thanks, guys. It's all about rolling dice, baby!